Bokartov, we're continuing Sefer Yoshua. We're in the 10th chapter. First, I want to read um, a uh, listener comment. Let me see. Here it is. From Oran Look at the, Listen to this insight. He said... Reason for why I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase. Reason for why the Gimonites are so afraid of Israel after they're caught, and they tell the Israelites, "You can do whatever you want to us." You know why are they so afraid? If Israel already promised them, they made a swear to them that they wouldn't kill them, and all of a sudden the Gibbonites, the Israelites come to the Gibbonite city, and the Gibbonites are the Givon. It's annoying to keep saying it in the English uh, in the English way, but Givon they, they say to, to Am Israel they say. You can do whatever you want to. So, uh, but why are they so afraid? Israel already made a swear. And he said it's an important point to realize that in a pagan society in which there are multiple gods, a person who swears unto his god can the next day realize that another god is more valuable to him and that swear that was in the name of one god is no longer viable in the name of the second god. So for the pagans, the idea of a swear being binding was actually a new concept. While for Am Israel, because we have one God who is unchanging, when you swear to that one God, there's no chance of ever getting out of that swear. So he said for that reason, the people of Giv'on were so surprised that Am Israel were going to keep their promise that they made to them. While for Am Israel, it was like a binding agreement that they could not fix and they could not change by any means. So that's really interesting insight. Um, I don't have any historical evidence to it, but it does make logical sense that that's one of the implications of a pagan, ramifications of being in a pagan society. Now back to our story where the people of southern Israel, like Yerushalayim, starting with the king of Yerushalayim, um, Adoni Tzedek, he, they go and they gather and they say, let's go attack Givon. And we were questioning what their strategy was. Um, and I got one more comment on that from... Let me just read you this comment. Perhaps the other kings went and attacked Givon since they were upset with the fact that they pretended to be from out of town and this was to punish them since they did not stand with the rest of the kings to face Yoshua, uh, to face the music when Yoshua would eventually attack. So Dino Koran was saying they were upset at Givon for backing out of the, the, the unity of the nations and weakening the collective position. So then my response was, yes, I agree. They're upset at Givon because they're making the rest of the nation weaker. That's kind of what they say. Um, so they're making it collectively harder to fight against Am Israel because one of the stronger potential allies has switched to the other side. And then I said, but it still doesn't make any sense strategically because they're losing people by attacking Givon. And then he said, I agree. Well, history has proven that people do dumb things. They cut their nose to spite their face. Uh, yes, ag- agreed. I think that's a valid interpretation of what's going on. Okay. I, that was Daniel Korn. I, I would comment against that. They have to attack now, not just because Gibbon made an alliance. If they give any sort of momentum to the Jewish people adding to the alliance, now it's... It's gonna snowball and avalanche. I agree, but then why didn't they attack the Jewish people? Why did they attack Givon? Okay, they're sending a message to the rest of the nations: do not make an alliance with Israel. Yes, it makes sense, hundred percent. I think there's valid. Uh, there's a that's definitely validity. Validity. 
validity to that. Okay. We are on Pasuk Chet. We're on the eighth Pasuk of chapter 10. The kings have all gathered around and Yoshua is considering going to battle to fight, to fight the people who are attacking Giv'on. And Hashem says to Yoshua, go and attack them. Do not fear them because I've given you into their hands. No man will stand against you. Yoshua went to them suddenly. All night he'd gone from the Gilgal. I'm trying to see if he went, if it's saying that he traveled all night. You, have, you don't have a book, right? Isn't that like they attacked in the middle of the night? Um, see, I'm not, I don't find any perush here that explains it. I don't know if it's saying that he attacked them all night or that he traveled towards them all night. He came, he came to them at night suddenly. All night he had come from Gilgal. That's how I'm translating it. Okay? Pasuk Hold on. Actually, let's just confirm that that's the right interpretation. Okay, no, so I'm right, I'm right. It's saying that Yoshua, he traveled all night from Gilgal, which was where he was camping. Okay, so this was happening. They come to Yoshua. Uh, they, they come. Hashem tells tells Yoshua that he can go and he can go. He can go attack them because he will give them in his hands. And then Yoshua is camped encamped at Gilgal. He travels from Gilgal all night to go to to war with them. By whom Israel. And now once they get there, God confuses them from before Israel. By and he struck them a great blow in Givon. By and he attacked them. He struck them a great a blow in Givon, and he chased them by way of a place called, uh, over a path called the Maaleb Bet Choron. I don't know where that is. It's, a, it's a, apparently a trade route of some sort. And he struck them until the cities of Azekah and Makeda. So he was chasing them and, 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 uh, and beating them in battles all the way until the cities of Azekah and Makeda. I don't know where they are. By he, Ben Usam, Israel, while they were running away from Israel, and Israel is chasing them and striking them as they go. They were on the downhill of Bet Choron. It seems like that's what it means. And God sent upon them Avanim Gedolot Yamutu. Great stones from the heavens until Azeka and they died. Rabim Ashermetu more people died from the stones of Barad than Bnei Israel killed by the edge of a sword. That's very interesting. So, besides for the fact that God confuses them, besides for the fact that all of a sudden Bnei Israel starts beating them in war, while they're running away from Am Israel, they have Barad that's falling upon them. And that's, an, that's a significant point because this is the first of a few references we're going to have to similarities with the story of Yitziat Misraim and the Makot of Yitziat Misraim. Okay, so the first one we see is that there is Barad. 
We're going to see a couple of more. Okay? Pasuk Yudbet. Az yedaber Yehoshua l'Adonai. Beyom tet Adonai etai mori lifnei b'nei Yisrael. Then Yehoshua spoke. We're on Pasuk 12. Keep sukim. Then Yehoshua spoke uh, to God on the day that God gave the Amorites before b'nei Yisrael. Vayomer le'enei Yisrael. And he said to the eyes of Israel. He said to all of Israel. Shemesh begivon dom. The sun in Givon stopped or quieted, and the moon in the valley of Ayalon. I'll tell you the traditional explanation, I'll tell you what the difficulties with it are. And the sun stopped. And the moon stopped. Until a nation uh, uh, got vengeance upon its enemy. That's a, that is what's written in the book Sefer HaYashar that we apparently we don't really have anymore, but it was a, there was a book that said the following, that the sun stood in the middle of the heavens and it did not come a full day. And there was not like that day before or after that God listened to the voice of man, Ki for God had fought for Israel. Or God, for God fights for Israel. Hard to know what the tense is of that. Okay, so what's going on? So, so far in the battle, the Jewish people, they approach, they attack, God confuses the enemy. Then as the enemy is running away, he throws barad upon the enemy. And then we have this confusing fubsukim in which Yehoshua says, then Yehoshua spoke and he said, Shemesh um, dom, the sun should stop and the moon in the valley of the Ayalon. And it says, it quotes the book Sefer Yashar that has a, uh, uh, it has a, there is a piece in the Sefer Yashar that says that regarding this war, the sun had stopped in the middle of the heavens and it did not come for a full day. Very strange piece. But the, but the typical Peshat understanding of this piece is that one of the features of the war was that the sun stopped in the middle of the heavens. The sun stopped in the middle, of the, the middle of the heavens? No, no, the sun, meaning the sun stopped in its place. Midday, the sun was sitting there in the middle of the sky. It remained in the middle of the sky. It did not move. And what's the key? What's the, what's the reason why the sun would do that? Because Am Yisrael were in the middle of routing the enemy. You don't want to pause the action. So you extend the day. Allow, you allow B'nai Israel more time to defeat the enemy. And they end up defeating their enemy in, enemies in their entirety instead of giving them time to sleep and to regroup or to go and run away and find, find safe haven. That is the Peshat. Now, the, the most famous, and that's what, to be honest, there's very little debate that that is what happened. That that is a miracle. You accept the miracle. Keep shutol. You accept the miracle that the sun stood in this place and there's no real discussion as to whether, uh, is, as to really if this was a miracle or is this some just poetic way of describing a successful battle. The only one that I know of who, who digresses from understanding this as a pure miracle is the Ralbag. The Ralbag. Um, Rabbi Levi ben Gershom. He's also called uh, Gersonides in the academic world. Um, maybe tomorrow, Bezer Hashem, we'll go into the Ralbag's opinion on this. Ep- it's an important thing to study. It's very interesting. Tomorrow, Bezer Hashem, we're going to go into the Ralbag's opinion on this episode. Why he says that it's very hard to see this as actually the sun stood still. He says this is 
This is not a, that's not what the text is telling you. He claims that the text is telling you something else. And that he's going to claim ultimately that the miracle was that they were able to accomplish more in a day than you typically could accomplish in a day. It's as if the day waited for them. But it doesn't literally mean that the sun so that's, that's Ralbag's opinion. And we have to see why he says that. Amen.